This podcast is brought to you by the American Thoracic Society. We help the world breathe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scholarly. This is a new podcast series from ATS Scholar in the ATS section on medical education. The podcast will be brought to you by the American Thoracic Society. Today, we're sitting down with Drs. Nitin Seam and Trish Critic. Dr. Seam is editor-in-chief of ATS Scholar, and Dr. Critic is our senior deputy editor. My name's Graham Carlos, and I serve as the media editor for Scholar. So thanks to you both for being here today. Our listeners, I'm sure, want to hear all about Scholar and the new and exciting things coming down at us here in a couple of months. First of all, I'd really like to get to know you both a little bit better. Uh, Nitin, could you start by introducing yourself to our listeners? Yeah, Graham. Um, so I'm uh, I'm Nithin Seem. I'm the editor of ATS Scholar, as you said. I'm also the Associate Chief of Critical Care Medicine at the NIH Clinical Center, as well as the Fellowship Director. And I'm a, I'm a very passionate DC sports fan. <laughs> and uh, I'm Trish Critic, and I'm, as you said, the Senior Deputy Editor for ATS Scholar. I'm a Professor of Pulmonary and Critical Care Medicine at the University of Washington. I pause because our division is the Division of Pulmonary Critical Care and Sleep Medicine, but I'm definitely not a sleep doctor. Um, and I have a role in the School of Medicine. I'm the Associate Dean for Faculty Affairs for the School of Medicine, and I spend a big chunk of my time doing that. I am actually a very passionate Wisconsin sports fan and still reeling from the Packers loss a few weeks ago. Ooh, ooh. Well, you both sound incredibly busy, so uh, we thank you so much for taking a moment out to talk to us today. And then I'd like to start with you as editor-in-chief. Uh, we want to know more about your vision for ATS Scholar. Maybe yeah. tell us, for starters, what was the original impetus to get this thing going, and where do you see it going in the future? Yeah, so I think that those are a couple, those are separate. Um, maybe I'll ask Trish to chime in on the first part about the impetus to get it going. But yeah, in terms of, actually, Trish and I have had conversations, it's been over, what, six months now, Trish, that we've sort of talked about what that vision would be in terms of as we are the, the senior editorial team and, and how to, to actually sort of implement this as a, as a functioning journal. And so I think when we've stepped back, you know, it's what, it, what is our core? It's, we're really about education and training. And so we're looking at, we're looking for content. And when I say content, you know, we're an online journal, so I mean papers and videos, but content related to education and training. I think, you know, a lot of us go into to education because we think, you know, it is fundamental to everything we do in medicine. And sometimes we lose sight of that when we think about uh, journals. Everything we do is related to education in some way. Um, and, you know, again, Trish and I talked about, about the different ways it looks, teaching at the bedside, teaching patients about their disease, their diagnostic tests or their medicines, team-based training to work together efficiently and effectively to care for critically ill patients or patients um, with a variety of diseases. Even doing QI projects, you know, you need to have a proper and structured education of the stakeholders as you roll it out. And even when we think about training the next generation of scientists to make future discoveries that ultimately help people. So our scope is education and training, but I think that means we hope to see receive a variety of papers across multiple areas. So, um, Trish, I don't know if you had anything you wanted to add to that. Oh, I think, no, I think you do a good job of describing the breadth. And I think maybe as we've thought more and more about this journal, we've thought of all these different places where we really could talk about the education aspects of whatever it is we're doing. And we want to, we want to engage people in all those spaces. And I think Nathan alluded to how do, how do we get here? And, you know, Graham, 
you know that we started a section of medical education a few years back now. I think that was starting to acknowledge within the ATS that we have a growing number of folks who would define themselves as educators as a primary part of who they are as academic docs, uh, as well as folks who are educators in other health professions that we collaborate with all the time. And we wanted to have a home for folks who think about education to publish the work they're doing, as well as to help all of us who work in the world of pulmonary critical care and sleep medicine become better teachers. I think it's inherent in being a healthcare provider that we do some teaching. And I think we're growing, have a growing recognition of the fact that you can actually teach people how to be better teachers. So using the journal to help bring us all along as better teachers, as well as invest in the careers of folks who define themselves as educators to share all the great work that they're doing. And I think we're really seeing a change in the environment within medicine as a whole, and specifically within the American Thoracic Society, of really enhancing that space. So I think that's part of the roots of the journal. To be honest, and Nith and I will debate this, at first I wasn't convinced that we needed a fourth journal in ATS, and I was I would put myself in the skeptic end of that spectrum. But as you said, we've been talking about it for six months. And as we've done that, I think it has become more and more clear to me that this is a space that we need to uh, enrich, grow, and be creative in how we engage our authors as well as our readers in that space. Thank you. Yeah, I, I guess I was on the other end of the spectrum. I was an early adopter, for better or worse, just because I am one who has struggled with wanting to turn a lot of my academic pursuits into scholarship. And I was so thankful that the ATS decided to push forward with Scholar, in part because I know that's gonna open up opportunities for many of us that consider themselves medical educators uh, to produce scholarly work. And as media editor, I'm particularly excited about some of the non-traditional ways that people can get some academic currency for what they have to do. And one of the things we'll be able to leverage that's new to some people is being exclusively online and being open access. So and I was hoping you could speak a little bit to that element. Uh, Scholar is gonna be an open access journal and that's slightly different than what we're used to with red, white and blue. So what is that gonna mean for the journal and for any potential contributors? Yeah, so I think open access is very, very exciting. So just briefly, every article in the journal is for the reader and the journal will be online only so they'll all be available on our website and you know i think all of us see the the world we, world we live in now um and and the, the community the great community of education that that uh, both of you alluded to so you know, i think we're in an age right where the internet and now everyone has a smartphone and frankly you have that across the world people in, in, in medicine are just like everybody else are consuming content all the, all the time. I think one of the things our world is smaller because of that, but in frankly, in, in a, a journal setting, a paywall or a need for a paper subscription to get a paper journal is a practical barrier today for many people to re read journal articles. So I think one of the things we're excited about, anyone anywhere can read our articles on whatever digital device they're using. Um, and that's fun as we think about how the, the journal will be laid out, the content we're able to put on there, that we can focus on optimizing that experience on, on um, people's tablets, smartphones, computer. Uh, and I think one, you know, having that open access is a big deal because we do have this passionate community of health professions uh, educators. Um, and so I think given 
giving this opportunity to have this open platform for that is, is a big deal. And, and, you know, going back to the last point, Graham, not to butter you up, but you've been quite productive with the, with scholarship uh, in terms of for, as a medical educator. So I do think other people, you know, this provides an opportunity uh, for people to, to be productive. But, you know, when, when Trish was talking about the question of, of, of the journal space, I think the, a fundamental question is still making sure we get enough papers that are high quality papers or videos to make sure we have a, a, a journal that's, uh, that's, that's meeting our readers' needs. And that's why we talked about the, the breadth being what it is. I see. So in part to offset the cost of publication that's involved here, there is a small fee for those that are going to submit to Scholar and a small fee for submitting a video as well. However, the advantage uh, you get there is, I think, outweighing the, the cost of that, of that small fee, which is able to disseminate it amongst everybody. Um, speed, I know from submitting already that you guys have tremendous turnaround times. I love the fact that you don't have to edit your submission to some particular font and typesetting. A lot of that's done on the back end, which makes it really easy for contributors uh, to submit to Scholar. So I know you have a whole team uh, led by you guys working on this. And I can say from uh, a submitter so far, I really appreciated that. And some of that was worth the cost of uh, submission. So yeah, thanks to that. Actually, um, uh, Grant, if you don't mind yeah. me, or I don't know, Trish, you want to talk about uh, money or should I handle that one? You know, I love to talk about money, but um, <laughs> I'm going to let you take that one. I have a, another thought related to what Graham was just saying, but you and I both know that the the issue around paying to publish has been something that we've talked a lot about and had some concerns about as we've rolled this out. So you can share your thoughts and I, I'm happy to add mine. Yeah, no, look, I think obviously we are, we appreciate that uh, a community of educators may not have uh, money in their pockets or have a, a, um, a budget where they can tap into for submissions for papers. Uh, I think I will say the ATS has, uh, uh, Done a, done a great job of trying to keep that cost as low as possible. I'll give an example, like if you wanted to pay, you got um, one of your uh, submissions into one of the other ATS journals and you wanted to pay to make it open access, it's a thousand dollars. A lot, of, I don't want to air out specific journals, but most of the open uh, journals, the cost is um, anywhere from two to three thousand uh, dollars. So um, the, the fee of, uh, is, is something that is, is a very reasonable rate. But I understand any fee sort of stinks for, for people if it's not easy to, to get that money. But I think the opportunity, um, uh, certainly for, for people to further their career, to publish high quality work, you know, obviously it's easy for me to say, in, in my opinion, outweighs that. And I think, Graham, you made the point about what we're trying to do to show value to potential submitters and, and authors. And I don't know, is that what you were gonna talk about, Trish? No, but okay. I can All talk right. about that. Right. You, you talk about what you're going to say. No, I was actually, let me just say one thing about the, the cost as well. I think the other thing just to say out loud is we're sensitive to the fact that there are folks who come from other countries, which may be less resourced. And we want to have a discussion if someone wants to publish who's coming from a less resourced area so that we can have a rich, diverse body of literature in our journal. So I know that Nithin's email is on 
the website and you could always reach out to him and have a conversation about that because we don't want people who don't have the resources to not publish because that's the reason we realize it still costs money and we acknowledge that but we want to make it work as best we can what i was gonna say (laughs) earlier is not only do you not have to worry about the font size i think the other really nice thing about being an online only journal is sometimes fitting in the word limits for a specific type of piece is really hard and you leave out some of the really rich context that's important for the reader to get the most out of whatever it is you created and so while we don't want really 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 long things because nobody reads really 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 (laughs) long things an extra 500 words here and there is something we can do much more easily and i think that allows our our authors to give us a little bit more of that backstory that sometimes is what I want to know when someone's talking about an innovation or something like that. So we like that latitude as well. And I think that's an advantage of our journal. Yeah, that's a particularly great point. Uh, And I'll even add on as you're responding to reviewers and trying to answer the questions that they have for you. Sometimes when you're limited by words, I've had it where in order to get this in, which is what the editors want from me, I've got to eliminate this other part, which Mm -hmm. I really don't want to do. So uh, this gives some flexibility there as well, which uh, is super advantageous. You brought up content, and that's what I wanted to hear about next. So our listeners uh, may now be interested, at least curious about Scholar. Uh, What type of content would you guys as editors be looking for uh, authors to submit to Scholar for consideration for publication? Yeah. So, you know, I alluded to this earlier when we talked about the, the sort of breadth of offerings, but, uh, but I would appreciate the opportunity to walk through some of those. And I would refer people to the, the ATS Scholar website at, at, at atsjournals.org, uh, which has very detailed listings um, and many pages of author instructions. But uh, for those who are just listening to the podcast, uh, some of the categories of a submission we have include, you know, things that you would think of related to education of healthcare professionals, such as training related to communication skills, some curricular innovations, leadership training, interprofessional education, which is a, uh, you know, a, a big focus in this day and age, procedural training, simulation. Uh, obviously, many of us are, are teaching with simulation and collecting data with that. As we mentioned, quality improvement, as long as you're, you know, uh, documenting um, and describing the educational component of that QI project. And then there are uh, training of scientists. Uh, Clearly, that's an important part of what we do in academic medicine. And so their training is, is, uh, is vitally important as well. But I think there are also important issues in our time today that may not have clear journal homes, uh, but they're really important and should be published. Um, so we have a category we call on the, on the website related to the culture and environment of learning. So if there are studies or perspective pieces about wellness or burnout, I know Graham, that's an area near and dear to you, um, as well as those related to diversity and gender equity, those sort of submissions we, we would, we would uh, highly encourage. You know, also, we were talking a little about technology. We're in a time where learners are, are learning from a variety uh, uh, of different platforms. So we'll, we're interested in reviewing papers related to education technology and media. Uh, we know that healthcare providers are using all these resources more than ever, and it, but it's really an area that requires for further study. So if people have done thoughtful study, uh, we want to see papers related to that. And, I'm sure Trish, uh, you can fill in the gaps that I've missed. 
Well, I think you did a nice job of kind of talking about the different buckets of type of content. And I would just frame it another way to think about it is we want to, we want research. We want real research. And I think we're committed to peer review and rigorous research. We want to hear what people are testing out and we have an innovations category for that. We have space for reviews and it would be great to see people bring together what's out there already to guide kind of next steps in, in investigation and education. And like lots of journals, we have perspectives and commentary, which are some of the things that I've had the most fun reading so far. Um, we have outstanding educators across the, the society and beyond who can inform our thinking around topics of education and training. And then we have some new stuff that we're testing out, like a category that we're calling how I teach, where we're asking a master clinician educator to tell us not just, you know, the content of what they teach, but how they get that message across. What are their strategies for teaching the topic that they're talking about? If they're going to talk about mechanics of on mechanical ventilation, not only what goes into resistance and compliance, but how do you get that message to your learners? And how might you get that message to your learners who are students, who are residents, who are fellows? What do you do at the bedside? What do you do in the classroom, et cetera? So we're trying to kind of create some new spaces in addition to, as was already mentioned a couple of times, videos and other patient education material. So I think there's a lot of different ways people could share what they're doing, their thoughts on hot topics and even engage in some debate uh, in our in our new formats. So I think it's it's got a wide wide array of ways that people could interact with the journal. Yeah, I love that because you know I think many of us learn how we teach based on the institution where you may have done school or residency and who was there, and you took the good and made that part of your repertoire and you eliminated the bad. The beauty of this journal with how I teach, but also with videos is that I can have an opportunity to do something I always wanted to do. And you see, I met Trish five years ago at an ATS conference and she was my mentor through the mentorship program of the ATS. And ever since meeting her and hearing her teach and watching her teach, I've always wanted to fly out to Washington and just be a fly on the wall as she leads a team through the ICU. And I wanna know how she piques their interest, how she engages the non-engaged learner, how she sets up the ventilator teaching, how she teaches at the fellowship level, the resident level, and the student level. And what I love about Scholar and the opportunities we have is now people can open up their uh, secret sauce recipe book about how they get this done and how they become these esteemed professors of medicine like Trish is. And we can all stand to gain from that. As media editor, I can particularly uh, speak to this because we are looking for high quality teaching videos. We uh, have an open call uh, for you to submit your videos to Scholar. We have an editorial team that's gonna peer review the videos for quality and content. And I think that's really important here in 2020 because there is a ton of stuff you can find on YouTube. You can find 30 different ways to put in a central line. Uh, you, can, you can discover all different types of styles and formats, but much of that is not peer reviewed. And so one huge benefit of submitting your teaching videos to Scholar is that now you'll have, again, that academic currency, because it'll be published if it's, again, of sufficient quality and content. Um, and also, we can all stand to gain knowing that it's peer-reviewed uh, for quality. So I want to make a plug to, in addition, submitting your scholarly research projects, review articles, how you teach, and innovations. Think about submitting your teaching videos as well. 
the media team will also be busy at work producing podcasts such as these. Uh, we have three uh, members of our editorial board, Deepak, Juliana, and Stephanie, who are going to help us pull that off. And now we have a team around social media as well. Because again, speaking to Nitin's opening remarks on open access, we have a huge advantage where we can leverage this online format to share what is published across social media. And that's how things uh, really catch fire. And we can make a difference, not only in your uh, context, but also all around the world, which I'm super excited about. I think you just came up with a new advantage for ATS Scholar that I hadn't thought of. We're actually green. You don't have to fly across the country to watch somebody else teach. You can just go online and watch somebody else teach. So I like I, I thank you, Graham. Now we have a new selling point for ATS Scholar. <laughs> nice. Two green thumbs up from Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the, the point about what, what Graham you're talking about there is we are a community. Right. And I think we're not trying to drive people with podcasts or social media to get behind a paywall or pay for an article because we don't have to. It's all there freely, open, openly accessible, but it's peer reviewed. Um, and so it, we're just trying to, to provide value to the authors to, to get their work shown widely, but also to our community of education. Let's show these articles, give us your feedback about these articles. And I think one of the things that, you know, as Trish and I and, and Christy Burkhardt, who's our uh, deputy editor is not on the call today, we've talked a lot about is that this journal, we, we, we had our ideas, we reached out to our great group of associate editors and, and taken their feedback, but ultimately it's, this journal is gonna evolve as we hear from the education community. So I think, you know, really engaging that community is, is very important to us. Um, and. Uh, uh, and we're really excited about that. And, and as you described, some of those offerings, I think are gonna help us with that outreach. Well, as a subscriber and a submitter to ATS Scholar, let me be one of the first to thank and praise both you as well as Christy for the enormous amount of work and effort you've put into getting this plane off the ground. Uh, many listeners such as myself are curious about when the first edition, so to speak, is going to be available for them to peruse. And they also want to know, now that they're really amped about ATS Scholar, they want to know what's the first step if they have an idea or a project or maybe even a paper uh, to submit to Scholar. So Nathan, when can we expect Scholar to hit the uh, figurative shelves and uh, what's the first step for any potential contributors? Yeah, so we'll hit our virtual shelves with our first batch. Um, it's gonna come out uh, at, in the second half of February. So we're uh, um, we're pinning down the exact date as they're getting formatted uh, the articles, but we'll have uh, um, six or seven papers in that in that first batch. Now, uh, just even a little more background there. The way it, it'll work is we'll have issues that will be uh, we'll have the, the papers that are that are accepted and formatted every quarter in issues. So we'll have four issues per year. So you can search the articles, um, but when you're when you're putting that on your CV, you'll have it archived with, with an issue um, in, in one of those four issues for, for each year. Um, and then in terms of submitting, I love you asking a question about submitting because obviously we can't be a, a functioning journal without people submitting high quality papers and videos. Um, and so I think one of the challenges since we don't have any content up yet, though the, we're, we're rectifying that shortly, um, authors may not know if a paper or a video is a fit. So I think right now, what we've been doing, we've been encouraging people to, to email me um, at, at nseam at thoracic.org, and that's up on the Scholar website. I've even 
kept my uh, uh, direct messages open on Twitter. Um, so I've gotten some, some inquiries that way, which always surprises me. Um, but um, so, and I'll say that we take these very seriously. Trish, Christy, uh, and I review and discuss all the pre-submission inquiries. And then some of them, uh, and we provide feedback to the authors. And so many of those have, have result, resulted in submissions. So um, we really encourage those. It's not, you're not putting us out. Uh, we get it. We're new. You know, we, you might you might not know exactly things uh, if, if your if your work is a fit. Uh, when authors are ready to submit, they can go to the ATS Scholar homepage on the ATSJournals.org site, and there's a link to our Scholar One submission portal. And as you said, we're trying to make it easy for authors, not trying to make it too painful to submit. Um, we don't require that formatting with your initial submission. So, and again, if, if authors have other ideas to, to facilitate their submissions and make life easier for them, we'd love to hear from them. All right, well, that, that is good to hear. And so all of you that are out there listening, jump on the new websites, contact Nick and with ideas. If you start to write something, use Calibri, use Arial, Times New Roman, go wild and do Berlin <laughs> stands, whatever you want. Uh, don't worry about that. Thanks to you both, to Trish, to Nathan, again, for all you've done. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in to our first podcast. And I want to encourage you guys to check back with us because we aim to have a regular podcast series uh, throughout this year and coming years that we're going to highlight the articles that appear in Scholar, but also talk about issues that are germane to pulmonary crit care educators in the educational space uh, that are relevant and timely. So again, thanks to you both. And I look forward to seeing your names in electronic print and seeing you in Philadelphia uh, here soon at the ATS conference. Yeah. Well, thank you, Graham, for, for uh, moderating this and uh, putting this together. I really appreciate it. Thanks yeah. for me as well. It's a pleasure. All right. Bye, guys. See you.